Hello, fans, and welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. He's Eli Fishman. I'm Stephen Cusimano. And Eli, it's been a fun season so far, and that was culminated by a Patriots first-half championship. Anthony Volpe going deep with a two-run bomb in the bottom of the 10th inning to clinch the first half for Somerset a couple of Sundays ago. So it's been a really fun season, and all of that even validated more so by a first-half championship and a playoff berth for the first time as the Yankees' double-A affiliate. Absolutely. That moment was just written in Hollywood the way it all ended yeah. with Anthony Volpe's walk-off home run, just the celebration, everything about it, the hometown kid, and just the overall this team has been so much fun to watch throughout this first half of the season. And throughout minor league baseball, you know, it's obviously about developing, de- developing, getting to the big leagues. But this team right here in Somerset is a team that loves winning more than any team I've ever seen in minor league baseball. And that's for certain with the way they go about their business yeah. every day, how, f- how much fun they have in the clubhouse. Um, you know, how much they pick each other up, how the coaching staff is. Um, just every single aspect is a team that wants to win, and, and we see it with their success so far. And that was one of the first things that I noticed when the players reported, and you weren't here when the players reported, but when they did back in April, I noticed this was just such a tight-knit group. I've been around some other teams, and this one was just different in the sense that a lot of them played together in Hudson Valley. The coaching staff was all with them in Hudson Valley with Dan Fiorito and company, and they really wanted to win. They came a half game shy of missing out on the playoffs last year, and to see them you know, get rewarded like that at this, this past Sunday at, at that game where Anthony Volpe, of all guys, hitting that home run. It was really fun to see. And, and they truly do care about winning more than most minor league teams do. But I want to pick your brain a little bit more about the pitching we saw in, in that particular game just because of Luis Medina. He has just been on fire for the Patriots as of recently. Had a rocky start on the road in Reading, but during the month of June had an ERA over five starts. That was right around two. He pitched six scoreless innings at one point in that game and uh, kept the game scoreless going into the seventh inning. So um, he's been really fun to watch this year and, and just the progression he has made from day one where he really didn't get off to his strides, was struggling with his control during April and a little bit into May. but. As of really the second half of that first half of the season, so I guess the second quarter of the season, Medina's looked really good. He's someone who's developed from a guy who's a thrower, who, mm-hmm. who has that 100-mile-per-hour fastball, who has those, that nasty breaking stuff that just throws it in there and says, can you hit it, yes or no? But recently he's turning more into a, of a pitcher yep. um, than a throw, and what he's doing a lot of is working backwards in the count, starting with that changeup, starting with that curveball. Um, and that fastball, the location on it, being able to hit a certain spot, something that he's really improved on, and the command has improved immensely. And I do want to talk about some like under-the-radar prospects, too, because Medina, everybody knows Medina. He's been a Yankees top 30 guy for the past five years running, was in the All-Star Futures game last year. And so, uh, some, as far as under-the-radar guys, I want to start with Sean Boyle, because guy that, again, is not ranked in the top 30 or by most outlets as a top Yankees prospect, but just given the eye test and the results he's put up at certain games this year and how well he has pitched, um, one of the craftiest pitchers you'll see mixes in the splitter, the cutter, and all the different secondary pitches. And... You look at what he's done this year, and I think a good example was the first game of the homestand versus Bowie. Seven shutout innings. It was the second time in his career he had gone seven shutout. And he also has a couple of no-hitters under his belt, one at the AAA level last year, which is crazy to see for a guy that that is pitching as well as he is this year at the AA level. But uh, Sean Boyle has been such an interesting character who I know you got to sit down with and learn a little bit more about, but also just pitching-wise, a guy that has really caught my attention the first half of the season. Yeah, there's so many stories he told me. I know I talked a little bit to you about just the whole list of things that I learned from my conversation yeah. with Sean Boyle and his career, and he you know, didn't even start 
playing baseball until he was a freshman in high school, got cut from the team after showing up to the tryouts in jeans, uh, and then came back, worked his behind off, and you know got to that point where, hey, he's a, he's a professional ball player. And one thing that specifically stood, about, stood out about our conversation is at the beginning of last year, he was assigned to low A Tampa to begin the season. And at that point, he was 24 years old. He was at that point a little bit of a seasoned veteran um, in the Yankees system, and, and he started in low A as a 24-year-old, and that kind of put a chip on his shoulder like, I shouldn't be here. I need to, you know, get on the horse and I need to get to work. And he definitely did that. And throughout the year, he obviously climbed all the way to AAA where he threw that um, no-hitter at one point in the season. But a lot of it is that last year he was kind of a depth guy. You know, they, he went up to AAA for spot starts. He went here for spot starts. He went back to Tampa for spot starts. And the Yankees kind of viewed him as someone to fill roles and not necessarily a guy who ca they can see developing into a star. And this season, they put him in the rotation as one of the top guys in Somerset to begin the year. And he's really had that opportunity to show, hey, I'm not just going to fill a role. I'm, I'm going to be a guy. And he's been yeah. a guy here for sure. And we've looked at the numbers at home. I think it's down to a 1.58 ERA at Unreal. home. And I know he loves pitching here, specifically a Long Island native. You know, only about an hour away is his house in Long Island. Went to school around here. Has a lot of friends around here. They all come out. We see a lot of boil jerseys right in front yeah. of the press box in yeah. the stands every time. That definitely fires him up. Um, you know, after the fireworks on July 4th, he had, what, 25, 30, fan, 30 uh, friends he, he and family? however many people he wants out there. After that gem? That game, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he's just been so impressive. And the slider-fastball combo, just being able to go back to those every time. He throws the slider 60% of the time. And, I mean, guys don't touch it. It works every time. And, and that's what he's been doing, being able to consistently throw that slider. And that's what's worked for him this year. And very under the radar, Sean Boyle actually ranking top 10 in the Eastern League in strikeouts, and he's gotten the Patriots a lot of depth, a lot of innings pitched under his belt, and has just been that solid guy in the rotation all year long. But as far as some other under the radar pitching prospects we've seen this year, had a chance to catch up with a few of them, one of which was Matt Minnick, another Josh Machieski, who, let's start there, he's been a really interesting guy in terms of his usage this year because started out the year piggybacking Luis Medina, was looked at and still kind of is looked at as a starting pitcher by the Yankees organization, made a spot start up in Scranton in AAA this year and made a start during one of the doubleheader games for Somerset during the month of June. But over the last couple of weeks has kind of transitioned to more of a traditional relief role, actually played a role in the Patriots shutout versus Bowie on the 4th of July with four outs in the 8th uh, and ninth inning. And just a guy who's very interesting because he's put up such great numbers. He's pitched really well this year. A couple of blips on the radar, but a guy who has proven time and time again he can start, but he can also relieve. And just what he's done this year with really a, a deep pitching staff to stick out the way he has as both a starter and a reliever has been something impressive to see, and especially just showing off the versatility he has. And I know you got a chance to catch up with him, too, and he's been really impressive to watch this year. Yeah, he's been a lot of fun to watch. Specifically, he talks to me about his slider usage. He's got that gross changeup that he throws a lot to right-handed hitters that dives into the righties. Now he's using that slider a lot more going into lefties, being able to cut that off. Now having two off-speed pitches that go in two different directions to go with the fastball that has you know that Z break a little bit a lot of ride in the zone that's tough for guys that doesn't throw it insanely hard but misses a lot of barrels with it especially that lefty a little bit of a funky delivery too um, and for Maciejewski you talked about the the variety of roles that he's able to fill think about how much value he provides and you know I talked to Gerardo Diego as well uh, Dan Fiorito all talked about just the value he provides being able to start 
being able to come in the bullpen at any point, being able to come in the ninth and lock it down. Wherever you need him, he's comfortable. And he can also throw any pitch in any count, has those three pitches that he can rely on that are all plus pitches. And he's, you know, an under-the-radar guy that I think is going to pop up on some radars of maybe some other teams uh, in Major League Baseball, some other scouts, and definitely the Yankees. And switching the topic a little bit to hitting now, because we've had some very under-the-radar hitters, oh, yeah. but I want to start with a guy who was under the radar last year, was an all-star in the Eastern League for the Patriots in Michael Beltre, came out this year, didn't have very consistent playing time, was struggling very heavily kind of the first half of the season, but has absolutely turned into a monster over the last month of the season. And part of that, he has actually transitioned back to switch hitting, something he used to do back in 2019 when he was a member of the Reds organization and switched back over to that just over a month ago now. And we've seen it all paying off four straight game or excuse me, three straight games of the home run for Beltre, five straight games with stolen bases as well. So he's just done a lot of great things, an eight game hit streak at the time we're sitting here right now. And um, just starting to see a little bit more of the Michael Beltre that we saw last year. And it's been fun to watch him break out because everyone at this ballpark that was watching here games last year, was watching games here last year, knew exactly the guy that he was. For sure. He's, he's an athlete. Um, teams love that. Fans love that. They want raw athletes that can run the bases, hit the ball out of the ballpark, make those diving plays, home run robbing, um, ESPN worthy, which he got on SportsCenter, um, uh, plays in center field as well, and all three outfield positions for Beltre. But as you said, the switch hitting, he stopped switch hitting in 2019. Cincinnati Reds asked him to when he was with their organization. And a couple weeks ago, according to Beltre, he was in the dugout with uh, Max Burt and Jake Hurst, and they were kind of joking around. And Burt asked, do you, do you miss switch hitting? And Beltre, you know, chuckled a little bit and he said, yeah, for sure. And, you know, J Joe Migliaccio, the hitting coordinator, was here at that point. And the three of them, I think it was Jake, uh, Joe, and Michael all talked a little bit about, what if we go back to switch hitting? Um, and a p part of that is definitely the contact percentages while Beltre has been facing lefties from, his left, from the left side. It's definitely been something he's been trying to work on. And I think they found the solution for sure. Going back to the right side, a pair of hits is first since 2018 from the right side in Reading. And as you said, he wasn't getting as much playing time. Part of that is the struggles, but part of that was, you know, being able to get back in the groove of things. You're hitting from a different side for the first time in two plus years, and you're seeing a pitcher from the left side, that being, from a whole different side for the first time in, in two years. It's been a huge adjustment for Beltre, and he's done a tremendous job of it. And as I said, an, just a raw athlete. You know, we saw that transition from 2019 with the Reds to 2021 with the Yankees organization was, was just a, such tremendous differences in every statistical category. And this year, hitting fly balls at a much higher rate, putting the ball in play at a much higher rate. The numbers are trending upwards, and they're going to continue to do that. And as you said, with the stolen bases, I mean, this guy is – what I've said is Michael Beltre is a minor tweak away from being a big league star with the, the tools that he has. That is a great point. And it's funny we bring up the switch hitting. I remember being in Binghamton, which was the first week we saw him switch hit in a game. I walked into the batting cages one day, and I just saw him batting from the right side, and I was like, oh, that's new. And I thought he was just fooling around. Come to find out later that day, he's switch hitting in the middle of the game, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty big development here. And sure enough, he had done it in 2019, and, and he's seeing the benefits uh, as we speak right now with uh, a breakout second half of the season. But on the topic of switch hitters, uh, Garden State, New Jersey native, Mickey Gasper, guy who's got family here, was actually born and raised in New Hampshire, but spent a lot of time in freehold in his life. He's got family at every game. And Mickey Gasper, a guy that has he's just done everything asked of him by the Patriots this year, always puts up a good at bat, always drawing walks, coming up in big spots, came in as a pinch hitter in the Patriots' first half clinching game and drew a walk to load the bases, uh, had a two-home run game, hitting homers from both sides of the plates, and 
great base runner at times. He's played first. He's played catcher. Just one of those guys that's so under the radar. He's never been the guy for any of the teams he's played at in the Yankees minor league system, but he has always contributed. And I think a perfect example is this year in Somerset. He's just had such a consistent year in every facet possible. For sure. We talk about the journey to the big leagues and what you have to do to up your game, to up your value, to get to the next level. And Mickey Gasper exemplifies everything that is that path to the major leagues. What he's doing, he was a catcher. Well, A, improving on his catching skills in professional baseball, and B, just this season, being able to go over to first base, put the time and effort that he has to become an elite first baseman, be a guy that uh, Dan Fiorito can put in the lineup at either first or catcher every single day and know what you're getting out of him. And he's just a grinder, you know, the, the kind of guy who you're going to see 10-11 pitch at bats from both sides of the plate, the ability to, to hit the ball over the fence from both sides of the plate, the ability to go gap to gap, the ability to run the bases, that arm, that defense, just his value is is boosting so much right now and you know that you think of that Tyler Wade kind of guy that can do so many things play so many roles and can climb to the big leagues and the way Mickey Gasper puts in work the work that he puts in definitely shows that he could be one of those guys that could could climb really quickly and fill any role that any team needs and I'm glad you brought up the work ethic because Mickey's a guy who I, there's been times where he's had a tough night at the park maybe 0 for 3 0 for 4 night and I'm leaving the ballpark at like midnight yep. and I walk past the batting cages and Mickey is still in there working hard to try and come back better the next day and he's just that guy that's going to be always one of if not the hardest working person in the room and that has paid off for him but on the topic of players rising their value a little bit two guys immediately come to mind in that sense that have one of them has been with the Yankees organization for quite some time and that's Jesus Bastidas he is one shy as we speak right now at least of a career high in home runs with eight of them showing off the power stroke a guy who had only two home runs in the first three or so years of his career hit nine in 2021 and look at what he's doing this year as an everyday starter guy who started out really as just a shortstop and has improved not just his hitting at the plate but his versatility a guy that's been the everyday second baseman for the Patriots we've seen him at third a little bit and just a guy that he provides so much value because of how well his bat has translated over the higher levels of the minor leagues and the fact that he can play anywhere on the infield virtually as well yeah one guy that he's reminded me of and going back to last season and a guy that skyrocketed to the big leagues with a breakout season is Diego Castillo uh, you know with with a second baseman who's a little bit slick at second base a smaller guy is not necessarily going to hit the ball 450 50 feet, but it's going to wow you with his ability to put the ball in play every single time, run the base as well, do the little things right. That baseball IQ on Jesus Bastidas is through the roof, and it's those things, that value that you mentioned, um, that's going to carry him. And it's just been so impressive. He's the kind of guy every single time he, he hits the ball hard. Uh, we saw on July 4th an amazing play at second base, by oh, the way, turning, turning a double play, one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen um, on a diamond, and then taking an outside fast fastball off the center field wall mm -hmm. about 405 feet um, and it was low and away and he kind of just poked it put the ball put the put the barrel on it and it went off the center field wall and th that was one of those moments where you you look at his size and you look at mm -hmm. his career numbers to this point and you say wow this is a guy that's going to be able to do some really big things especially if he keeps developing the way he has that's what I was going to bring up he's just such an unassuming guy you look at him he's one of the smaller guys in the clubhouse one Quiet. of the quietest yeah. guys in the clubhouse and you just look at him go up there and he's hitting the ball 400 feet just cranking it he's got more home runs than most of the guys on this team and it's been really fun to watch a guy like him break out over the past couple of years. 
Now, one guy that is new to the Yankees organization, claimed on waivers coming into the 2022 season, that has made some ripples, is Jason Rosario, a guy who was a former top prospect with the Padres, with the Red Sox as recently as last year. And one of the things that we've really seen from Jason is his plate discipline has been phenomenal this year. Ranks top 10 in the Eastern League in walks, but something you had a chance to catch up about with uh, some of those in the Yankees organization is that his swing decisions are exceptional. Yeah, so I got to talk to Joe Migliaccio, the Yankees hitting coordinator, who was here a couple weeks ago, you know, checking out the team, and he hyped up Jason Rosario so much, especially the, the advanced analytics that obviously baseball is becoming aware of, and specifically the Yankees have been at the front of that advanced analytic revolution, and basically just his swing decision scores, the ability for him to put the ball in play, make contact, not swing at balls, swing at strikes, and basically not have any balls that are in the zone get by him or through the roof. Um, I know Migliaccio said he wasn't sure if it was the best in all of AA or if it was just the top percentile um, in all of AA, but, but those numbers are just insane. And I know, you know Jake Hurst as well has talked a lot about just his ability to, to put the ball in play, but also the power. He's up to four home runs. That might not sound like a lot, but for Jason Rosario, that's a career high, and we're only, only halfway into the season. The power, the ability to put, put the ball in play, put contact in the ball, walk, not strike out, just everything about Jason Rosario stood out. And not just the power as far as the numbers go, but the eye test. Whenever he does get a hold of one, he hits it a long, long way. If you've seen a Jason Rosario home run this year, uh, he's cranked a lot of them pretty far out of the ballpark. The only other position we have not touched on, Eli, is catcher. And that's been one of the most important positions for the Patriots all season in that their team leader in home runs, Josh Bro, had 13 before he was promoted to AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Had 13 homers with the Patriots to lead the team. Also led the Yankees organization. Finally got that big call up to AAA, meaning that we got to talk about Austin Wells, the Yankees' number four prospect, the top-catching prospect, joining the Patriots as of this homestand versus Bowie, and we're going to get to see him play. We'll have already seen him play by the time you're hearing this podcast here, but uh, a guy that brings all the tools. Before we get to Austin Wells, not to jump all over the place here, but Josh Bro, one of the top 30 prospects. Let's not overlook him. A guy that just shows off raw power, hitting to all fields, any ballpark, doesn't matter. And we saw it for the first half of the season on full display. He helped the Patriots to a first half championship. Yeah, the power on Josh Bro is is just through the roof and something he's been working on is putting the ball in play more. That and the defense that, that he worked really, really hard on. And both of those he very much succeeded at through that first half of the season. You saw it with the 12 home runs he hit. You saw it with the caught stealing percentage of, of guys who threw on him. You saw it with the batting average, which was close to 230, which was a huge, huge um, uh, boost up for him, considering he's always been a guy with that power who's had trouble with the strikeouts, and the strikeouts went way, way down this year, and that says a lot about Josh and his work ethic as well, and as well as that the improvements he made behind the plate, which, again, the Yankees are an organization with a very interesting situation at catcher. And the fact that Josh Bro got that bump up to AAA definitely says a lot about what's to come for him and just the success that he had in this ballpark. And it's a fun little iron sharpens iron type of thing where you've got Bro, who is just as good as you just talked about, but also Austin Wells, set to make his AA debut this week after raking at single A, high A this year, last year, a former first-round pick of the Yankees in 2020 out of U of A, and a guy that has all the tools in the world. Uh, caught 37% or so of his would-be base stealers at high A this year, and uh, a lot of homers. We've seen the, the sweet swing of Austin Wells down at the lower levels, and he's going to make the jump to double A, and I am very excited to see how it translates. Yeah, just a beautiful swing, and he's one of those guys you watch mm -hmm. where you see his swing. You see the way the ball just blasts off it, his bat. It, it sticks out. It just sticks out, and you just look at his swing, and you're like, 
that's a big leaguer. That's yeah. a big league star right there um, from the left side. Just such, such a beautiful swing. And then, again, the, the defensive improvements he made um, You know, throughout his career. He's got kind of been a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Can he stick at catcher? Can he make the defensive improvements needed? And he's definitely done that. As you said, the, the caught stealing percentage was insane. Throughout the first quarter of the season for Hudson Valley, unfortunately, took a foul ball and then had to go down to Tampa, played a few rehab games there, impressed in the defense there as well, and now coming up here to Somerset. Um, and, you know, we talked about Jesus Bastidas a little bit with that baseball IQ and, and how big that is in a player's development. And Austin Wells is the kind of guy, he backpicks a lot of runners. He'll throw behind runners. He'll, he's a leader in the clubhouse. The work ethic and the baseball IQ on Austin Wells is through the roof. And what he's done so far in the Yankees organization with the bat, the improvements he made, he's made with the glove, and that baseball IQ and work ethic I mentioned, I mean, he's just going to keep skyrocketing. Absolutely. A guy that brings legitimately everything you would want from a future big leaguer. We're going to hear from him next on this Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, along with one of his close buddies, Anthony Volpe. We're going to hear from both of them next. He's Eli Fishman. I'm Steven Cusimano. We'll be back after this. I'm Miles, and this is what I work for. To be my best for them and for me, in body and in mind. I need a health insurer that helps me get the care I need for both. That has mental health professionals that I can talk to when I need to. Because when I feel strong and secure, so do they. This is my life. And this is how Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey works for me. Back on the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. And Eli, we said we we're going to hear from some of these guys. Anthony Volpe, Austin Wells, Dan Fiorito each spoke to the media earlier this week. And first of all, we're going to hear from Anthony Volpe. Yeah, it's definitely a super great honor and um, one I don't take lightly and super grateful for. Um, I found out a couple weeks ago and was able to tell my parents and help them get some travel arrangements set up. So um, kind of kept it under wraps, but it was pretty cool when I found out. I went to... I think it was Jeter's last All-Star game. My dad and I went out to Minnesota and we went to the Futures game. We saw, it was when Chris Bryant, uh, Joey Gallo, and Javier Baez was in it. So um, we got to go to that game and ever since then I always followed up on it and watched all the games. It's going to be a great opportunity to catch up with a lot of guys that I played with and haven't seen in a couple years. So I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, for me, there's really been nothing mechanically or anything like that. It's just been sticking to my approach and. Um, the biggest thing was not changing, not, not trying to switch anything up and working on my swing and stuff like that because for me that would probably make me spiral even more and get in my own head. So it's just been sticking to my approach and just staying confident. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even really necessarily know many of the numbers or what's gotten better or worse. I'm just, it's, been, it's felt good to feel like I'm contributing to the team a lot more and just getting on base, trying to make stuff happen and scoring runs, stuff like that. So um, for me personally, that's been um, a lot more fun to contribute in that way. So good stuff from Anthony Volpe talking about being named to the MLB All-Star Futures game, a very well-deserved honor. And one of my favorite things he talked about is something he's been harping on all year and just that he got off to a slow start this year, but didn't tinker with anything, didn't change his mechanics. He stayed stayed the course all year, stayed very confident, and it all paid off in a big way towards the end of the first half. We talked about it. He was hitting the ball hard. He was running the bases well. He was doing the little things right. It was just the time that he needed to adjust to that double-A pitching, to adjust to those breaking balls on the outside corner, be able to take those the other way. And he's been doing them very well and going back to the All-Star Futures game 
him and Jack Leiter pairing up in that big game. He also talked about being able to go see Derek Jeter back in 2014 and going to the All-Star Futures game that he's been watching it forever. It's going to be really exciting for us to watch on TV. I know that. Yeah, and he said he's excited to play behind his former Del Barton School teammate, Jack Leiter, at shortstop once again for the first time since high school. Uh, and also excited to be reunited with some former teammates of his at Team USA, Corbin Carroll, Pete Crow Armstrong, and then also a couple of former teammates and like a guy like Ken Waldachuk, who was on the Patriots earlier this year. A well-deserved honor for Waldachuk. So it was those three guys who were named to the All-Star Futures games, Volpe, Waldachuk, and Dominguez. But a well-deserved honor for Waldachuk, who we got to see a good look at this year. Yeah, he's just been so much fun to watch at the beginning of this year, going up to Scranton, and his success has been continued. He's got an ERA just over two in Scranton right now, knocking on the door of a big league call-up. Been so much fun to watch that funky left-hander. And I mean, he was climbing up prospect rankings, and I think he's going to do some big things in the future. I think you can definitely say that. Another guy who falls into the same category is Austin Wells. We talked a little bit about it before Wells promoted to the Patriots. The Yankees' top catching prospect made his debut this week, picked up his first hit with the Patriots on Friday night, and Wells also spoke to the media ahead of his second game with the team. It was after the game on the 4th of July. I was down in Tampa with uh, Rachel, and she brought me into the office and made a joke that I was staying in Tampa for another month. Uh, um, and then break the news that I was coming up here, so I was pumped. Back. I was itching to get back up to wherever I was headed. I'm glad it's here, so uh, I'm just ready to put my head down and, and start playing. And the energy here, though, is great. Like, the fans hopefully just keep getting better at every level. Um, I know here we get a good showing out, so last night was fun, and, and the energy in the clubhouse was great. So played with a bunch of these guys before, um, so it's nice to be up here and, and be around them again. I mean, I'm here to, here to play and play hard every day, and. Um, just lead by example. I mean, doing the right things and then holding people accountable, holding myself accountable to the highest level. Um, there's not really like an insertion of, of like asserting myself as a leader, but it's just doing the right things the right way and, and making sure everyone else kind of jumps on board and does the same things. I mean, being with this coaching staff, I was with them for half the year last year, um, so it's great to be back here with them. Um, they all work super hard to make sure that we're prepared for the games and and really respect what they do. And I and I'm and I'm happy to be here with 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 this staff and, and the team in general, like we're all really close. Um, the, the level doesn't really matter because we stay intact, like in contact and um, spring training is such a, such a great environment at the Yankee Complex that we, we all get along, we all really get, get along well and just coming here like super welcoming and just like everyone's excited uh, for me to be here and I'm excited to be here so it's been, it's been a great first couple days. I thought that was pretty cool hearing the story about the call-up, getting called into Rachel Balkovic's office in Tampa and uh, playing with him a little bit, and he said he's excited to be here in Somerset. Absolutely. Rejoining a couple of his teammates, a lot of teammates that he's played with the past couple of years in the Yankees system is something he loves. He's actually staying at Anthony Volpe's house, you know, rooming with him, he mentioned, which is a lot of fun. Two guys that are extremely close and to the top Yankees prospects on the field together is going to be something really, really fun to watch. Just everything Austin Wells said, especially about the injury, you know, his comeback journey after taking a tough foul ball going on the injured list having to go down to Tampa do that rehab is never easy and you know throughout that whole process he stayed positive and was looking forward to this moment and he spent the second half of last year in Hudson Valley with the same coaching staff so Dan Fiorito talked a little bit about not just having the addition of him at the top of the order but also the leadership he brings to the table and also talked about some other guys including Elijah Dunham you know Austin just has a great presence about him and just seeing the way he's been Last year in Hudson Valley, I think he's got a great comfort level being around these players, not only in spring training, but playing with a lot of them last year in Hudson Valley. Um, he's somebody who, you know, he holds everybody around him to high expectations. So even if there's new players around him, he's going to be able to, you know, to be a leader and take charge. 
I feel like there, as the year has gone on, he's just been controlling the zone better and better. His plan and his approach has just been a little bit more dialed in as he's adjusted to double-A pitching. But, you know, we said it from the very beginning that he's somebody who, you know, the numbers on the scoreboard didn't read as though as good as what we were seeing. You know, it's like a lot of hard contact, a lot of, a lot of un, like, unlucky, a little bit unlucky at times. But just to see those numbers reading better for him right now, the results are there, and, you know, he's doing a great job. Love that he's just... He's just like kept working every single day, and he's never gone into like a phase where he starts tinkering. We mentioned something like the swing has stayed the same. I think that's so impressive for a 21-year-old to just be that confident in himself to know that you know his what he does every single day is good enough, and he's going to go out there and he's going to compete and he's going to do well. And he never got to a point where he's like, I got to start changing this, this, and this. He just keeps going about his business, and uh, we're seeing the results now. I think that's like uh, that's like the old question, right? It's like is it de is it development or is it winning? But for me, it's like it goes hand in hand. If if we develop and guys are are getting better every single day, we're going to win baseball games. So that's our goal here. Um, that's what we're striving for. And fortunately, in the first half, we were able to play with some really good baseball. We've had some amazingly talented players out there. Fortunately. The coolest thing for us is to be able to promote a lot of them to AAA and see them uh, take one step closer in their pets to the big leagues. That's been great, but winning is important. We're part of the New York Yankees. Uh, it's it's an expectation. It, it really is, and that's something that we expect of these guys, especially with how talented that group is. I said from day one, this is a special group, and uh, you know we were able to see them go out there and play their best baseball. And to be honest, like the environment is so much more fun when you win. Like it's it, when you lose. It's tough, you know, it makes it tougher coming to the ballpark every day. But when winning, when you're winning, music's blasting after the game, it makes it fun for everybody in there. Elijah is uh, he's just a great all-around baseball player. I mean, you see it night in and night out with just the, at the competitive at-bats that he puts together. Saw some highlight plays in the outfield, steals so many bases. Um, there's so many things that he does well on the field, and I feel like he impacts the game every single night one way or another. Um, and he's, he's a relentless competitor. He's somebody that's not going to be outworked, and uh, he's just one of those guys that every manager really wants to have on their team. Yeah, I feel like every day we come here and we try to have fun. I mean, and I think like when you go out there and have fun, it it, hel it helps you just like compete, be loose, and helps you win ball games. I mean, like uh, question prior was like you know pressure on ourselves, like the way you see like you know pressure is a privilege, right? To be in that w the week we had last week playing against Hartford or a couple weeks ago playing against Hartford where it was meaningful baseball games, those guys deserved that opportunity to go out there and have a blast. The inning was incredible, so I was really happy for them, but they worked to put themselves in that situation. Good stuff from Theo all around. I think one of my favorite quotes there was he talked about, yeah, we won the first half, but these guys want to win every day. It's something that runs in the Yankee blood. It's, it runs in the culture. It doesn't matter that they won the first half. They want to win the second half too, and that was something that even Austin Wells talked about. I think that says a lot about this team, and look at this week. They've won three of the first four games versus Bowie. It says a lot about not just the team, but the organization as a whole, in my yeah. opinion. The way they all talked about it, and Theo said that Yankee way is winning, is winning every single game, and yes, you want to develop these guys, and it's such you know a weird pass to the big leagues. You want to make it there, but you also want to win, and as he said, if you develop, if you do the little things, things right the winning will come with that and this is a team that does the little things right has fun in the clubhouse plays the game hard and the winning has come with it for sure so far absolutely it's been a fun week here in Somerset it's going to continue to be a fun season here with the Patriots and it was great hearing from the stars of the team Anthony Volpe Austin Wells Dan Fiorito we thank them very much for their time and for Eli Fishman I'm Stephen Cusimano on this edition of the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast we thank you very much for listening make sure to follow along on social media at SOM Patriots at Somerset Patriots leave us a like review everything in between Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.